On this episode of Cyber Sports, Rico puts Town up on game about the XFL and gives a breakdown of the upcoming championship game. Town gives a breakdown of the curious case of Colorado Avalanche forward Valeri Nachuskin. We give our breakdown and analysis of the ongoing second round of the NBA playoffs and give our thoughts and reactions to the controversial decision to name Joel Embiid the MVP of the NBA. Coming up on Cyber Sports. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number four of Siren Sports, man. Who would have ever thought we'd be in episode four already, man? It doesn't seem like it's anything else, but uh, here we are. I'm your host. I go by the name of town. Across from me, your co-host, Rico. Yes, sir. You know, we 96 more episodes to 100. <laughs> yep. Hey, we're on the countdown. We're on the countdown. That's what it is. How you living today, Rico? You know, I'm feeling good. You know, uh, a little bit tired, but... I got a semi-pro game today, so I got to wake up. Oh, hey, yeah, better wake your ass up. and uh, It's go time. I've been waiting the past couple months for it. It's go time now. It's hey. put up or shut up. Well, shit, positive vibes for you in the upcoming season. Best of luck. And uh, just let us know what we can do to help support, man. Be a huge advocate for semi-pro football. You know, don't be a hater. Always support. Hey, always support and always send positive vibes, man. You know, Football is a dangerous sport. It's a lot of fun to play, but you get fucked up, bro. My knees hurt every weekend. <laughs> I, I could imagine. And then like, you do flag football too as well, right? Yep. Next day after too, body be so much pain. Oh. <laughs> oh, running multiple leagues like that, I could imagine, bro. But uh, that gives us a nice little segue into our first topic of the day, man. We're going to be talking about the XFL. Now, those of you who don't know, the XFL is another football league that is – not quite the NFL, but a lot of NFL hopeful players play in this league hoping to get noticed by the NFL. And outside of that, I really don't know too much about it. I'm going to leave that to Rico over here because uh, he's, he's the expert over here on the XFL, man. I am your average listener who knows nothing about anything in there. So if you can't put me on game, man. You know, the XFL... Uh this is the third time it's happened. Yeah, I remember in the early 2000s it had happened. Then it got relaunched during COVID, and then it got shut down due to COVID. And then uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought it a couple years ago from Vince McMahon. So now they started their new season this year. And it's been a it's pretty it's been a pretty good uh, and fun season as well. They implemented some new rules to make the game more fun and faster compared to the NFL. Uh, I know when you touch a when you score a touchdown. You don't kick a field goal. You either get a one, two, or three-point conversion. Oh, and that makes three it point. way more interesting. There is a three-point conversion. Oh, wow. And then also, if you're down in the game, there's no onside kicks. You go for like a fourth and 15, fourth and 20 interesting. conversion to try to get the ball back. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. How's the, uh, how's the aggressiveness of the gameplay? Are the refs like crazy involved like they are in the NFL? I think it's crazy that you say that because like the refs really – like, they'll, they'll make good calls, and then they make bad calls, too, like all refs do. But also, they have a man, like, they have another ref, like, watching in the stands. So you can see what plays are going on, and they'll actually review something. Like, you can review pass interference. and Okay. Some other calls you can't review in the NFL, so. Yeah, I remember the NFL tried to do that with uh, pass interference a few years back, and it didn't really go all that well. It was after the whole, you know, Saints debacle in the NFC Championship game. And yeah, man. I that think was, they should bring it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think plays where it's clearly pass interference, you have to throw. You it have back. to call it. Like that should be reviewable. If you go back and you know someone's getting dragged down by their face mask, I think they should have the ability to throw the flag after the play and not have to have that vision. Because if you look at the NBA, the NBA will go back and they'll review a play. They'll review a play and then change it to what it really was. The NFL doesn't really do that. Yeah, they really don't. And I think that's what makes people less interested in like when it comes to football because I feel like they've they're like oh football's gotten so soft and then they just make terrible calls but I enjoy the XFL watching it because yeah they actually take time to look at a play and if they're wrong on their part they'll reverse it which I like so and it should be like that in all sports not yeah. just not all just sports, football all not, sports should be like that yeah yeah instant replays a it's it's a game changer yes you can cuz 
At the same time, though, you have those bang-bang plays, you know, like helmet-to-helmet plays where the collision happens immediately and it's not with intent, but they're still going to charge it like it's intent. And And they didn't mean to do it. Yeah, Yeah. I I completely understand. I know how that is. Too much experience with that. Yeah, man. I don't know. I've seen some. I've seen some horrible calls just you know sitting on the stands in NFL games. So, what about the XFL makes it more exciting? Can can a can a quarterback get busted and not have a you know party of refs around him ready to throw a flag? Oh yeah, it. I I think it's a different experience. What I enjoy about it so much though is like there's a lot of players that you don't even know about there's like journeymen that's been trying to get to the nfl for years and then there's guys that even went undrafted that are in there and you're just like wow why aren't they playing in the league mm-hmm. so it makes it enjoyable and they also have former nfl stars in there as well there's philip Lindsay, he's playing for the seattle sea dragons uh, there's ben denucci who used to play for the cowboys jordan tiamu uh he plays for the dc defenders and he's actually going to the XFL championship. Uh, there's Vic, Pe- Vic Beasley, who used to play for the Atlanta yeah, Falcons. I, I know Vic Beasley. He yep. torched Denver for a nice little, I think, five-sack game one time. Yeah, that's that's not a name you're going to forget. And there's also Josh Gordon as well. Josh Gordon? Okay. I mean, do they let him smoke in the in the XFL? I have no idea. Mm. Boy's a, that boy was a modern-day Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams. He was just like, ah, i got to smoke a blunt before the game. Hey, I mean, but if you're if, – to my understanding, a lot of NFL players do. Yeah. But it's, he was just dumb enough to get caught. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to do it, you can't get like, caught. The, the thing is, the NFL tells you when they're going to drug test you. If you can't stop for two weeks to let your system clear out, then you probably don't need to be in the NFL. I honestly think when it comes to smoking now, I don't even think the NFL should make it illegal. I, I, I agree with you, and I think come the next CBA, they're going to follow suit with what the NBA did. Yeah, because the NBA has done it, and all these other leagues are starting to transition into allowing pe- players to smoke. Yeah, well, hey, there's the the added health benefits of it without the fallback of all the the opioids that they give these players. Yeah, because they be drugging the hell out of the players, and then the players will be like, oh, well, they gave me this, and then the league will be like, oh, we never did that, and try to suspend them for, like, the whole season. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, bro. I think the – I think there needs to be some major research done into what these opioids are doing to these players past their retirement. Oh, yeah. And the NFL needs to make major changes when it comes to that. There should be no reason you're pumping these guys full of opioids on the sideline just to just to get them through the game. Exactly. That's, that's not beneficial to anybody but your football team. At all. You're just risking the chance of them having a shorter career. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Just to get just to get through a game. But you touched on it a little bit earlier. I want to get your thoughts on it. You know, put me on game about it. What's going down in the XFL Championship? Who's playing? Who's going to win? What's it going to be? So next week, May 13th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, the D.C. Defenders are 9-1. They will face the Arlington Renegades that coach Bob Stoops coaches. Okay. I I personally believe the D.C. Defenders are going to win because they overall have the best team. They've only lost one game, and they just have a stacked lineup on them. And I think they got the best fan base in the XFL, you know. Uh, they're playing out of Washington, D.C. at the D.C. United MLS Stadium. They have, like, a whole beer snake. Like, oh, the first – yeah, they got a whole beer snake that they have from all the way up in, like, the north stand, and it comes, like, all the way down. And, like, the crowd is – go they go crazy about it. They're very passionate about it. I remember the first couple of weeks, like, they weren't allowed to have it. Uh-huh. And then – they were just throwing lemons and cups on the field because they were all pissed about how they couldn't have their beer snake. <laughs> hey, don't piss them fans in D.C. off. Now, being that you said it's in D.C., I have to ask, is Dan Snyder involved in any way? No, nah, Dan, Dan, Dan won't Dan on this Dan, one. Dan he can't Dan on these ones. Do, Dan has nothing to do with this one by any means. Good. Yeah, because ah, he, he would have destroyed this team too. So Yeah, well, I mean, hey, he has enough money now to go buy them if he really wanted them. He could buy the whole XFL if he wanted to. I say he just go somewhere and go do something else. Just go Dan somewhere else? Yeah, go Dan somewhere else. We don't need him to <laughs> Dan all over everything. Oh, man. So uh, you said DC has a stack lineup. What are some of the players that I should know about? Uh, they got, uh, let's see, they got Jordan Tiamu. This man, he joined the original, or not the original X- XFL, but he joined the XFL a couple years ago. And at that time, he was playing for the Seattle Battlehawks. 
I think he's like one of the best journeyman quarterbacks. I know that he did get a chance to go back to the NFL a couple seasons ago, but it just didn't work out and he gotcha. ended up getting cut. Uh, but I think that's the main one in there. And then let me let me see because I don't know too many of the guys on the teams. I only know like the major one. Okay. They do have a nice running back though. Uh, he led the. I think he led the league. This year too. Is he the one that just got that uh, mini camp invite to the Broncos? It might have been. I know Ben DiNucci got a mini camp mini camp invite, and he played for the Sea Dragons. But it's also cool to see that because they're also running competition with the USFL. So for them to go against them and then be able to get camp invites is like honestly amazing. So got you. That's the shit. That's cool, man. Now in terms of like the USFL, I don't know too much about the usfl either i'm pretty much like an nfl only type of eyes so what can you tell me about the usfl Uh, i don't watch it too much i know that uh they're trying to be a competition league against the nfl okay and so they're really trying to take it to them yeah they're trying to take it to them i think they have like eight teams as well but all of them are located on the east coast okay so i know they have a michigan team they have, like, two Alabama teams. Damn. Yeah, and okay. Alabama doesn't even have an NFL team. Well, they do technically have an NFL team when Crimson It's just, it's just college, you know. <laughs> that, that's an NFL team. Yeah, that is. The, man, what do you think about the amount of first-round Alabama players that went this year? That in Georgia, it's insane. Like, they breed them for success. They know what they're doing. It, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. Like, the, the SEC in the whole, uh, as a whole, like – Having them have so many players come out into the draft, like, they know what they're doing to develop their players would be great. I, I enjoy it. Well, I mean, you know if you get a scholarship to the SEC, to an SEC school, that chances are you're going to get looked at in, at, oh, yeah. at the next level mm-hmm. and possibly make it to the league, if not, you know, USFL or XFL to try to work your way there. And it's, it's crazy, man, just the, the powerhouses in the SEC. I'm excited to see how that plays out this year. I can't wait till next year. They yeah. get Oklahoma in there, and then Texas. Yep, Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Texas will be in there. So. Yep. Yeah, just add adding more players to it, man. So just because uh, everybody says they want Bama and they want Georgia, so <laughs> we're gonna see what happens. Hey, well they they gonna get him. Oh yeah, they gonna get him. You you knock on the devil's door long enough, someone's gonna answer you. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Nick Saban just answered the door. Yeah, open on the wrong door. I'm telling you this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. That's funny. But I, right, I think we've uh, touched enough on these outside football leagues. I think we got to move into our next topic of the day. This one is a little more local. Local. We're gonna go navy blue today. Is we're gonna be talking about one of our hometown teams. It won't be the Rockies, I'll tell you that now. Yeah, no, no, the Rockies, will, <laughs> the Rockies will be lucky if they get covered on this. On this. Y'all got to do something crazy. Dick Monfrey, you got to sell the team if you want us to talk about you. That's that's what it is. Um, so from an NHL perspective, we live in Colorado, and me personally, I don't have much of a spectrum of view of the NHL outside of a Colorado avalanche perspective. Is that how it is for you as well? Most definitely. Okay, so... We're touching on this today because it does have to do with the Colorado Avalanche. But it's also a really interesting story. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. We're talking about Valeri Nachuskin from the Colorado Avalanche. And the curious case of what in the fuck is going on with Chewy. In the playoff series that the Avalanche just lost in seven games to the Seattle Kraken, (sighs) Nachuskin didn't play the last five games. There was an incident that took place that kind of sidelined him for the rest of the series and honestly has his entire life and future up in the air right now and it's crazy because like no one's talking about it yeah it's it's one of those it's one of those under the radar type of topics but you know we're gonna dive into it and try to figure out what's going on with chewy so after the abs win game two they go back to the hotel everything's fine everything's normal They have a skate around the next morning, but it's optional. So, you know, if someone doesn't show up, it's not that big of a deal. Well, Nachuskin has a reputation among the Avalanche that he's the first one in. He's the last one out. So on an optional skate, 
when he doesn't show up, pe- people kind of turn their heads a little bit. People are like, oh, well, where's Chewy? Oh, I mean, well, it's optional, so we're not going to worry too much about it. Come 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they still haven't heard from him. So they're like, okay, what's going on here? They send a team employee up to Nachuskin's room. And this is where details get a little hazy. This is where shit's uh, just kind of word of mouth, and there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of bullshit swirling around about what happened, but I'm going to lay out what I know. The team employee gets up to Nachuskin's room, and he finds a woman extremely intoxicated to the point where he has no choice but to call the avalanche team doctor. The doctor goes up to the room to examine her, to take a look at her, see what's going on. She assaults him. So he decides to call the police. Keep in mind, they're in Seattle. So he calls Seattle PD and tells them that there is an extremely intoxicated woman who needs help. She's fading in and out and to get down there ASAP. So they do. They go down there and she starts telling them that she is a Russian woman born in the Ukraine and that the bad man stole her passport. So she's in Nachuskin's room. He's, as far as I know, nowhere to be found. Or either that or they really acted really swift and got him out of there. Because during that situation, the avalanche got Nachuskin, took him to the airport and got him out of town where his location is still unknown. So there's there's a lot of crazy shit going on with this situation. Is it human trafficking? Is Natruskin caught up in some Russian mafia shit? Or was did they just find him on so bad of a bender that they had to send him to the nearest rehab? Like what's what's really going on here? So me laying it out this way, Rico, I want to get your thoughts. I'm be honest, this is some crazy ass shit. <laughs> like I, I've never heard of a story like this, especially with an athlete. Um, and him being gone from the Avs really hurt them in the end. Like they went seven games and then lost to the Seattle Kraken. They they lost the series because Nachuskin was not playing. He's one of their best players. One of their best players, and it hurt them not with him not being there. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of weird because. Um, no one's really talking about it, and for you just to flood the scene and you're not there, and no one's talking about it, I I think it sounds pretty sus. There, there's there's something suspicious going on here, man. Like, you don't just get him out of town in the middle of a playoff series when you're trying to defend a, a Stanley Cup title without some crazy shit going on. Exactly. Now, like, obviously the pieces are there, but the the details aren't. It's not making sense at all. No, no, there's there's nothing making sense at all. And when asked about what was going on with Chewy, Avs coach Jared Bednar just kind of danced around it. He wasn't giving direct answers. All he would say is he's gone for personal reasons. When asked if anything, it was anything legal, he said no. So there was no charges filed criminally, but they still felt the need to get him out of town where he still hasn't been heard from. Yeah, see, that's weird, and my whole thing is, what what happened? Ne- what happens next, honestly? Because if you're doing that and you're just fleeing the town and you're not, there's no investigation or anything. It, it makes you wonder, like, what were you doing, and what was that woman doing in your room? So yeah, it's a, and for the the bad man to take her passport and bruh, it's it's a fucked up situation and then if you if you really want to add another wrinkle in there a russian woman a russian woman from like Ukraine. is was this a was this a russian spy is nachuskin caught up in some crazy shit that he, he i don't know That'd is he crazy ass shit nachuskin a fucking spy <laughs> man you have to look back at this year with from an avalanche perspective with a little bit of a question mark because at the end of last year, the Avs had a very important choice to make between two players. Local hero, I don't even want to say local hero, avalanche legend, we're going to call him that, Nazem Kadri. Kadri. Or Valeri Nachuskin. They had a choice between those two players, and they went with Nachuskin and let Kadri hit the open market where he signed with Calgary. Yeah, that, that, that hurt us a lot because 
he was balling for Calgary this year too. He, he, I mean, Calgary as a team didn't do too hot, but Nazem Kadri brings a, a level of toughness. Like the way he handled the situation during the Stanley Cup run, where he was getting death threats, and then came out on their home ice and put up a hat trick. Like he put in one of the most legendary performances in Colorado playoff history. That man did his thing to lead us to another stamp. Another Stanley, and it's it's beautiful that that happened, man. But and you can't help but wonder if Nazem Kadri was a part of this team, and we had chosen to get rid of Nachuskin, would this even be an issue? Yeah, would that we, that, and on top of that, if Gabe Landeslog wasn't hurt too, yeah, where, it's, where it sucks when the it, we have to from an Avalanche perspective have to look at Gabe Landeskog with a bunch of question marks as well. Yeah. Like he was out all year, and the last I heard, he's contemplating retirement. He's one of those players that you can't replace. He's a, he's the heart and soul of that team. Heart and soul of that team. Mm. But Nachuskin, you cost us a series. Nachuskin, you let your teammates down. Nachuskin, you let a city down. What are you going to do from here? Can we get an explanation, something of what happened? Because y'all are making it worse by not saying anything. So I, I need some sort of explanation here to as to what's really going on. Another question that comes to mind if everything goes well and Nachuskin is able to make it back to the team given the, you know, eight-year, $49 million contract he just signed, are he, is he going to be welcomed back by his teammates? That's a great question. Will he be welcomed back by his teammates? Because in the playoffs, it means everything to them. And then for you to just randomly disappear when they need you the most, I think it would piss a lot of your teammates off. I know I would be pissed. Like if you don't have no explanation and you just leave and don't say anything, we're in a hard fought series. I'd be pissed off too. So that's a that's a great question. Like, do your do your teammates uh, have the trust of you still? Teammates, coaches, organizational players, owners, GMs, fans, fans. Yeah, you you lost a lot of trust this past playoffs with whatever transpired. If it's not as bad as everyone is making it seem, just come out and say it. If it's as bad as everyone is making it seem, the best thing to do would just be stay quiet and do what you're doing now. You don't want to confirm anything. You don't want to get anybody in trouble. You don't want to have the media circus running around your organization. That is what it is. We'll tr- we will do our best to try to touch on NHL stuff when we can. Obviously, the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening right now. It's a huge story. So we're going to try our best to keep up with that and learn for y'all. Yes, sir. But... uh all right, Rico. We back under the gold lights, man. I think you know what that means. Turn up the lights in here, baby. <laughs> that means someone's winning some gold soon. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to be winning some gold soon, man. We are smack dab in the middle of the second round of the NBA playoffs, and these series have been crazy. I don't know. I, I want to get this out of the way first before I start this. I understand how bad Nuggets fans want this. But saying that they were going to sweep the Suns was insane. And I I think a lot of you should reevaluate what comes out of your mouth (laughs) because sweeping the Suns is crazy. Like, I get it. They don't have a great bench, but they still have two great players on their team, and they weren't just going to sit down and let you sweep them. I mean, you can can push that a little further. You have – Two bona fide superstars on that team, and two future like, Hall of Famers. Two future Hall. No, I, okay, well let me, let me. You have two bona fide superstars on that team, and then two pushing elite level players with Aiton and Paul. So they they're a tough team. Now, granted, they may not have the depth and the entire team build that the Nuggets have, but the Suns are crazy, bro. Like to think that you you have to outperform those four players, and at any given time. Any one of them could pop off. You look at what happened in game three last night. Devin Booker went crazy. 47 points. Devin Booker went off, and the Nuggets really didn't have an answer for him. He shot 80%. <laughs> 80%. Yeah, he, 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 came out, he came out in the first quarter and just, like, he showed the Nuggets, like, you know, just because we don't have Chris Paul today doesn't mean I'm going to let you just roll over us. The, the, we're going to come out and we're going to defend our home court and we're going to give you everything that you can handle and the Nuggets couldn't handle it. Uh, one thing I can say on the Nuggets end, I was very, very impressed with the way that AG, Aaron Gordon, was playing on Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, he's been playing pretty good on him the past three games in the series. So. Yeah, they, like the, the 
defense and intensity that he can put on Durant, you can't guard Durant. There's nothing you can do to guard Durant. The most you can do is just make his life difficult. And Aaron Gordon has been doing that. He made his life difficult even though he scored 39, but... I mean, you look at the you look at the first half. He started two for eleven. Yep, and that's rare. KD to really shoot that bad. Yeah, they like Aaron Gordon was in in the majority of his points in the first half at least came from the free throw line. He was he, in his chest. Yeah, he was being he was being aggressive though and and taking it to the rack trying to get to the line. So I mean, shout out to KD for that. Um, it's going to be a great series. I'm really hoping the Nuggets can pull out Game Four. In Phoenix, that's a that's a tough place to play. That's a tough. Place. That that place was jumping from what I could tell. I mean, it's it's you can only tell so much on TV, but that place looked crazy. You got to go in six seven games, so we'll see. I can. We'll see what happens. <sighs> Man, I, I I hope and pray the Nuggets can pull out Game Four because if if they have to come back to Denver tied at two. It, yeah, it's going to be tough. You have to try to at least get one game on the road, just so you can go back home and still have. All the momentum, because you know the Nuggets play very well at home mm-hmm. as it is. So, yeah, man, I uh, I'm gonna stick with my Nuggets prediction, man. I see them. I th- I still think they're too complete of a team to to lose. How do I say this? To lose four out of six games to Phoenix. Can't do it. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. It, it, it's been interesting. It's, I like it. It's been interesting, man. But, you know, as a Nuggets fan, my heart races every time. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> You're like, shit. Yeah, man. I'm a, like I said, I'm going to stick with my Nuggets prediction this time. I'm going to go Nuggets to six. I can dig it. I'm going to go Nuggets to six. I think they wrap it up in Phoenix on their home floor. Send Ooh. Durant and Booker home crying. Ooh. That's, that's a big take right there. Yeah. Yeah, this is that, that, that's a huge take. Go ahead, t- <laughs> talk your talk, dude. That, I, I mean, I said what I gotta say, man. It, hey, let them know. Let them know. Okay. That's what it's gonna be. Phoenix, you can't stop Denver, bro. Jokic, Gordon, KCP, goddamn Jamal Murray, bro. This is this team is crazy. And then if you really want to dig into the bench, you got Christian Brown, Bruce Brown, motherfuckers the like motherfucking Browns, the Browns, bro. Like I gotta say, I've been very impressed with Christian Brown and the way that he's played. He brings a championship level. Did you know that in, he's won? Championships, I think the last three years that he's played, two two in high school and then one last year with uh, Kansas. Oh wow! He said, "I do this. I breed championships." Yeah, yeah. That's so. He's not in an unfamiliar situation playing in the playoffs, playing for high stakes. So I'm I'm excited to see the future for him. He, being a rookie, like he's he's he brings juice off the bench. That's only up from here. Only up from here. All right, man. So we're gonna wrap that one up, and we're gonna we're gonna stick in the West. We're gonna stick in the West. We <laughs> we're approaching Game Three of uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. What has been your take on the series so far? This been a <laughs> this been an interesting series. Like Game One, the Lakers blow out Golden State. <laughs> game Two, Golden State comes back and blow them out. It's crazy because I was like I was at the gym the other day, and I looked and I was like. Are the Lakers down by 30? And I was like, holy shit. Like, Klay Thompson was cooking that game. And then also at the same time, AD has been playing terrible back-to-back games. Like, he'll play good one game and then do terrible the other game. (laughs) I saw something about AD this morning that it really kind of clicked with me. Like, this guy's ceiling is, like, when he turns it on, he's a Hall of Fame player. Oh, yeah. and then Like, when, but his floor is a JaVale McGee. Like NBA Twitter was lighting his ass up. Yeah, I mean, as they as they should, as they should. You know, watching this series, it's become so evident to me that the Lakers are a two man show. That and that's pretty much all it is. The rest of their team would honestly be lucky they aren't in the G League right now. They're just they're not a complete team. They're they're carried by their two superstars, and they're going against a complete team in Golden State. I don't see LeBron carrying this team past two wins. I think it's I think it's Warriors and Six. I, I truly understand because yeah, like they have their moments and like if AD's off, the rest of the team is I don't know what's going on, but like there are other players that know their roles, like have their moments as well. They'll play good and then they'll play terribly. So I don't know. Like I said, I I enjoy seeing LeBron and Steph play each other. So I want to say it still goes seven games, but. If you're going to perform like you did the other night and lose by damn near 30, then... And I think 
I think the Lakers kind of snuck one in in game one. Granted, they blew them out and they fucking showed out, but the Warriors were just coming off of game seven. Oh, yeah. They were, they were tired, and to say that they were at full strength and ready to go in that series would be, you know, not so truthful. Exactly, yeah. They, they were definitely tired. Like, they played a game seven and... Lakers only went six games, so yeah, yeah. Lakers had a couple of extra days off, yeah. so I, 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 like I said, Warriors and six, um, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Jordan Poole, just too much. Andrew Wiggins, too much. Jordan, Jordan Poole, what a, what a shot decision the other day. <laughs> I, I want to ask you that because everyone's been talking about that. If you're Jordan Poole, do you take that shot or do you move up more? <laughs> I mean, if you're in the NBA. Chances are you're a pretty good shot. Regardless, you have to be an alpha. You have to truly have the confidence that you're gonna make every shot that you take. And if not, you have no business stepping out on that court. Fact. And you know he he had the confidence to take the shot. Obviously, it didn't go the way he wanted it to. And but you know what? It happens. It happens to the best of them. You know, a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, you, you miss them. You miss them. But yeah, man. It sucks to see that the king is has to has to carry such a load for his team to to go so far. Like he used to it. He, yeah, he's used to it. But when you've been doing it for twenty years, you don't oh, think yeah, it, it gets you, tiring. Yeah, you don't think it's tiring. Like, yeah, man. But I, I I do gotta say I am happy to see LeBron and Steph going at it, man. You, those are just some of the best playoff series that you can imagine. Yeah, it's amazing. I love to see it. Yeah, and if the if the Lakers need to step, if the Lakers are gonna win this series. Then the players beyond the top two they need have to step, step up. up. D'Angelo Russell, you Achimura, you know, fucking players like that really need to Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves Austin Reeves, yeah. You know, they need to they need to step up and they need to be the foundation mm-hmm. and to help lift LeBron. So he doesn't have to do so much heavy lifting. A D gotta wake back up too. Yeah. Play more consistent. You played an amazing game one, but Going to the game three, game four, you got to have the same result. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yep, you really do. You really do. But, all right, we're going to wrap up that series, and we're going to jump over to the Eastern Conference. The East. The Eastern Conference. We're going to stop at the – we're going to start at the top of the series, and we're going to go Miami and New York. What's your thoughts on that so far? It's been an excellent series. Uh, it's been an excellent series. You know, I'm, I'm a little bummed out. Jimmy Butler was kind of hurt. Uh, he was hurt in game two. Uh, hopefully he plays in game three because you can see – they desperately needed him, but they also played great without him because mm-hmm. they almost won the game. But yeah. I know they really want him back because that's the spark of the team. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I still got Miami going in five or six. So. Yeah, I think I think Miami's going to handle him easily. I think the only reason they lost game two is because Jimmy Butler wasn't playing. And once you add him back, it's a whole different level of energy. It's he brings that juice that you need to you know rise to the occasion. Foam rises to the top, and you know what? It, it does in Miami with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy, Jeffrey, Jordan, Butler, don't play. <laughs> the third. The third. Yeah, he don't play about that. He won it. I like it. I like it. Like I said, Heat in five or six. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you any pushback on that because you know I the Heat I'm surprised the Knicks made it out of the first round. I, the, you know, I think had Cleveland actually showed up to play, it would have been a different story. I think, it would, yeah, it definitely would have been a different story. No, I don't, I don't know what happened to Cleveland and why they entered the playoffs so deflated. Yeah, I don't know because they were they were red hot all season and then playoffs came, they just <laughs> fell out. I, yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. But yeah, somebody's gonna, in Cancun. That's cool. Do you have you heard anything on if uh, Jimmy Butler's going to play in Game Three? I heard he might. I, I I don't know. I hope he does. Hopefully, I don't even know what the injury is, so hopefully they get it figured out so he can play. I, I hope so, too, because it's the conference semifinals, man, and your team is depending on you now more than ever. Exactly. So if there's, a, if there's an injury, you better make sure, if you're missing time for it, that it's a, it's a legit injury to the point where it's going to keep you out. Facts, because that next round ain't going to be easy. Either. No, it's not. And speaking of the other series in this uh, on the East – we got Boston and Philly. How you feeling about that one? I still got Boston in six. You got Boston in six? Boston in six. You think uh, – Five or six. Five or, I'll say five or six. You think Philly's going to pull out another game? I don't know. Like, after after game one, you can see they just they, – they've gone down. Like, Embiid wins the MVP. Everyone's happy. They're glad he did it. And then Boston was just like, okay, we got to show y'all who the fuck we are. And – I'll be honest, they, they, they've been showing it. 
Boston has brought it. Like I know, uh, or yeah, I know Jason Tatum didn't play pretty good in Game Three, but he is just like, nah, fuck this. Like we we got something to win, and we know where we want to be. And they they ruined Embiid's parade. And honestly, they did a whole little ceremony of him winning MVP, and they were just like, we gonna get the fucking job done. We don't give a fuck about him winning MVP. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of did rain on Embiid's parade, but if you're asking me, I think Embiid's happy. I don't I don't think he cares what happens the rest of the because I think he's happy too. You you can tell they got their moral victory. They got yeah. yeah they got their moral victory. But you know what? We're gonna get into the MVP discussion here in a minute. So we're not gonna we're not gonna dive too deep into that. One thing I can say: watching the game yesterday, shout out to Grant Williams. That motherfucker is playing some goddamn defense. Like when I'm talking on ball pressure, off ball pressure, 99.99% of the time he's on your hip. That boy was on Embiid. That boy was, he was popping the ball loose. He was being aggressive. He wasn't letting Embiid. And then the whole Celtics defensive plan with Embiid is to have Williams going hard on him. And then when he gets into another player's zone, have that other player come and chip in too. So it's a swarm tactic on Embiid, and he didn't know how to handle it yesterday. And also at the same time, I give that man all the credit in the world. Embiid accidentally stepped on him, and he hit his head on the court. He went out for a little bit and ended up finishing playing the game. That boy got that dog. Toughness, man. He got the juice in him. He got the juice. That's the segment of the day. He got the juice in him. Let everybody know. Yo, I think uh, I think from here on out, we need to come up with a juice of the week segment on this show. Oh, yeah. And you know what? This week's juice of the week winner, Grant Williams. Good shit, boy. You brought that juice and brought a team to your, brought your team to victory. Now you up 2-1 over Philadelphia. Shout out to you. He got that dog in him. That's what I like to see. Yeah, he got the juice. Yeah, he got the juice, man. He got the juice. And uh, I can't see Philadelphia making a comeback in this series. I th- Just watching the way Boston's defense played yesterday was crazy. And the fact that game one, that they did lose that, but Embiid didn't play and Harden had to go dummy, it was, it was kind of a – I think that was an anomaly. I don't think that happens again. I don't think it happens again. And it was crazy to see Harden turn back the clock and do that because, you know, you don't really see him do that and take over games like that no more. Like, I felt like I was watching Houston Harden. Yeah, no, that that boy, he was splashing everything else. But then in, you know, game two and game three, he really struggled. Yeah, struggled a lot. I think yesterday he went six for like 25. He did hit a couple big shots down the stretch to kind of keep it close. But at the end of the day, the you know, the championship heart that Boston has and the defense that they play. They and, won it. You know, Shout out to Jason Tatum too. That boy was balling yesterday. Yep, because game two he he played terrible and then he turned it around. And Jalen Brown out of his mind too. Yeah, that man. And I, let me tell you this: it's crazy too because yeah, it was game two. They were down or they were up by like thirty points, and Jason Tatum only had like seven points the whole game because yeah. he struggled and like they found ways to utilize their other players. To beat them, and that—that's what it takes of the playoffs. That's, yeah, if you wanna if you wanna win a championship, you're gonna have off nights from your superstars where your bench and your role players are gonna need to pick up where they you know fell short. And they picked up the slack. They did. They picked up the slack. They got the game two win. Uh, went into Philadelphia yesterday and notched and no a notched a, a crazy win. You know, rained on in beats parade. It's a parade inside my city. Yeah, yeah I'm in. <laughs> I, I think Boston's just too much for him. I'm going. Oh, yeah. I'm going Boston in five. Like I said, five or six. I'm cool with. It. I just know I'm taking Boston regardless. Mm-hmm. But now to the segment we've been waiting for all day. All right, let me let me change this color up because shit's gonna get real heated in this motherfucker. Shit's gonna get real heated. I, I don't know if it's gonna get real heated, but you know, I got a, I got a good take on how I feel about it. We going back to red for this segment here. Um, we gonna be diving in talking about the NBA's MVP award. Obviously, it went to Joel Embiid. We said in episode one it was going to go to Joel Embiid. So, I mean, that wasn't really a big surprise to us. But seeing it finally come to fruition, seeing the road that it took to get there for Joel Embiid to win this title, what are your thoughts? My honest, my honest thoughts are on it. First of all, congrats to Joel Embiid. He trusted the process. He's the... The third MVP in 76ers history, I believe. Yeah. I think it was like fourth or fourth. Third, third or fourth. 
one of those. Yeah, I think and, it was like fourth or fifth. But shout out to that man. Um, my honest opinion on it is, I, I'm gonna just go ahead and say this: Jokic didn't need that. Yo, my my strong opinion on it: Jokic did not need the third MVP. Like he said already too in his when he's getting interviewed by the media, he doesn't care for it. He doesn't need it. He went back to back. He proved that he played back to back to be MVP. He didn't need a third one because if he would have got a third one, it would have been like this, the same for the past two years. People making excuses on all oh, Embiid should have wanted it, Jokic didn't deserve it, and all that. Now there's uh, there's Nuggets fans pissed off about it, saying he should have won the third MVP. He doesn't need it. I think now the team is established and needs they they're healthy. The past two seasons they haven't been a healthy team. Now they can look forward to the NBA championship and like I said, Jokic doesn't need it. So I think you're taking everything at face value. I think there's so much more that you're not seeing that is that adds a lot of controversy to this decision. Oh yeah, I know so, I know no, he barely played game. So no, it, it, it's it's deeper than that. So, I'm not going to go out and say that Joel Embiid does not deserve the MVP award because he played at an MVP level and he did what he needed to do for his team this year. Where I have issues with it is the amount of politics and the amount of bullshit and the amount of, let's call it what it is, let's call it bullying. When it comes to the Hall of Fame voters and the writers, you have national reporters and people who have Hall of Fame votes like reporter Bill Simmons coming out and saying there is some major conversations happening where there's a sect of Hall of Fame voters who are questioning the people voting for Jokic and saying, are you really ready to put him up on this pedestal with three straight MVPs? Are you do you is are you really going to you know compare him up up there with the the goats? Are you really ready to put him at that level? And that factored into giving Joel Embiid the MVP more than anything that happened in this regular season. So there was a clear, concise effort against Jokic just because he's not flashy. Yeah, he, he he's, he's not like Jokic is a modern day version of Tim Duncan. Yeah, he's just one of them guys. He's, he does out. he does what he does. He doesn't do it flashy. He comes in, he gets his work done. And because he doesn't do it flashy, because he's not dunking on people every five seconds. Because he's not... He's not on social media talking. He's not, he's not on social media talking. He gets looked at in such a negative light in, in the national media. And coming from someone who lives in the Denver market, y'all got this shit way fucked up. Y'all got this shit way fucked up. Let me tell y'all, man. Appreciate greatness. There's going to come a point in time, just because he played boring, so the fuck what? Yeah, it's crazy that people even think he plays boring. For him being a big man to do the passes that he does and facilitate the ball like a fucking point guard, you should appreciate that. But people people will hate on him now, but when it's time for him to retire, when it's all said and done, they'll appreciate him, which is crazy. Like yeah. I said, they'll they'll give him that treatment that people finally gave Kobe once he was at the end of the And what, what got me more mad about it is 85% of the season. Everybody was like, Jokic has this hands down. There's nobody touching him. Then Kendrick Perkins' fucking ass decides to come on TV and talk about how Jokic is only going to get it because he's white. Now, he didn't say that outright. He implied it like a motherfucker and then tried to dance around it later. No, bitch, you said what you said. Stand on it. And you had him and JJ Reddick going at it on, uh, on national television. You can't deny Jokic is the MVP this year. You can't. There's nothing you could tell me. There's nothing you could point to. Without Jokic, Nuggets aren't even a playoff team. You take Embiid out of the out of the equation in Philadelphia, they played better without him. They did. They just won in Boston in game one. James James Harden went fucking crazy. If he's forced to carry a team, he can do it. I don't know. There was there was just too much collusion. There was too much bullshit. And yeah, Jokic didn't need it, and there's bigger shit at hand. But to to not sit here and call a duck a duck would be wrong of me. Yeah, there was a. That, that's the I think that's the one problem when it comes to the NBA and the media that there's so much attention on who shouldn't and who should win like it just creates a lot of problems and now I see why they're implementing the rule on 
you have to play so many games to be considered for rewards. Because the way I see it, too, Embiid did have a great season, but at the same time, when those games counted where you needed to play, because I remember everyone wanted to see him and Jokic play together, and he fucking set out. I, I don't think you should be trying to sit out when it comes to those games, especially if you're trying to establish mm-hmm. yourself as the MVP. And the, the way that he campaigned about it, it, it honestly upset me. Because why are you so concerned about an individual award when your team has so much more at stake? You're out there campaigning, getting other players in the media to campaign for you. Like, is it a big achievement? Yes, and congrats to you. You won your fucking MVP. Guess what? You're still losing in the playoffs. It don't mean shit now. And that's why I said... At the end of the day, he's winning his individual reward, but Jokic knows there's something better at stake, and that's winning a championship with his team. Mm-hmm. No, no, for sure. And that would – honestly, it's it's hard for me to not look at it and say that a championship would mean more to his legacy than a third straight MVP would. But still, you got to give the man his flowers. He earned that shit. He deserved – whether he wants it or not. Like, I, again, I, I circle back. I'm not going to sit here and not call a duck a duck. Even I'll say this too. Even if they do go to the finals and win the finals, I think the finals MVP would be way more than winning the regular hey, season. Well, there's MVP. there's no guarantee that he would even get that. If if Jamal, I, I think he would. If Jamal Murray goes in and balls out, like yeah, I, I think Jokic will win. I think I mean Jokic. Again, I I just circle back to the fact it's a regular season award. It's not a politics award. It's not what have you done in the past. It's not a legacy award. It's about what what value did you bring to your team this season. And in terms of most valuable, there's no doubt in my mind it's Nikola Jokic. Sixers can survive without Embiid. Nuggets can't survive without Jokic. And that's just what it is at the end of the day. Yes, sir. But hey, that's... It's just the way the NFL or the NBA is. Sorry, I almost said NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just how it is. It's the state of things. It's a. Uh, I hate that so much politics is involved. I I really do. That's just and, and that you circle back to any award for any sport, whether it's the NFL MVP, whether it's Pro Bowl honors, you know, whether it's fucking offensive rookie, defensive rookie of the year, regardless, you know, it. There's always going to be some argument on who should have won it and if the person won it why they didn't deserve it yeah yeah and I, and again I don't I, I don't ever want to be quoted as saying that Joel Embiid didn't deserve it because he did he did play he did ball out this year and for me to say that he didn't would just be on some hater shit and I'm not a hater bro I'm just calling it like it is um, but yeah that's that's how town feels about the MVP <laughs> He had to get that off his chest. I did. I was I was upset this week. Not just because Jokic lost, but just the amount of politics. The amount of bullshit that swirled around it. It's been boiling all season long. <laughs> like like to to sit here and say I didn't see this coming. Like if you if you would have asked me at the start of the season, granted we weren't doing the podcast then, but if you would have asked me at the start of the season, I would have said there's no way in hell Jokic wins the third MVP. No way in hell. The NBA won't let it happen. It's crazy as hell to think that. There hasn't been, like, since, like, 2018, it's just been majority big men winning MVP. Yeah, I mean, well, that just – and it's European players, too. Like, they're they're coming in and they're balling out in, in an American sport, and they're killing it. So shout out to the – like, the international scouting of the NBA finding these players and bringing them over. And who would have ever thought that, you know, Embiid and – Giannis and Jokic, Luca got next. Yeah, on it, it wouldn't surprise me. I can I can see Luca winning a couple MVPs in his career. Luca got next. And yeah, the NBA Europe, man, it's a it's a real thing. It's evolving. Team USA, watch out! They coming. Even though we got a solid team, so yeah, hey, I don't know. I don't pay too much attention to international play. I just oh, it's so fun. It, it, it's on. I, I feel bad for other teams though because they be like some shitty ass teams that have to play the Team USA, and I'm just like oh. <laughs> you're down by 50 you're down by 50 in the Olympics I'm sorry you had to play them <laughs> oh man yeah it'd be like that going up against like you know especially back in the day when you know you had Kobe and LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony and Chris Bosh and all them players on the on a on a national team it's like, crazy you say that though because the team USA was so terrible until Kobe came in 08 to yeah. help them yeah, they needed the redeem team. They 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 needed Kobe bad because 
there's just so many individuals on that team. Like, <laughs> you're playing with a bunch of superstars that don't know how to play together. And yeah. There was also bad coaching. You can see it. Mike Krzyzewski was the coach of that team, wasn't he? I think so. And that's crazy that you got, like, bad coaching out of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You get bad coaching out of having all these superstars, and they don't know how to work together. Yeah. And then fucking Kobe comes, and it was just like, we're going to do this shit my way, and you fucking win a gold medal. Did, uh, did you hear the story about Kobe and Powell in international play? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I watched the uh, the Redeem Team uh, documentary on Netflix, and he uh, was telling Kobe was in his ass. Like, he's just like, they were best friends. They're bro. like <laughs> best friends, but when it came to the fucking international play, it was like, Kobe's like, I'm fucking beating your ass. He was telling his teammates, like, we're going to fuck them up. So he's like, you know, he told his teammates at the start of the game, he was like, I'm going to go right through Powell. Watch. Yeah, I'm going to go right through him. And, he, and that's what he did you watch the video Powell went flying about a good 15 feet exactly like <laughs> he's just like I love Powell but nah this this is this is all me give me my fucking medal yep, that's that. why I love Kobe Kobe had that mentality of no matter what he was gonna fucking win that Mamba Mamba mentality Mamba mentality That's what it is Well alright Rico I think we touched on A good little amount Of topics today It's been a cool episode Nice to be back In our normal Little podcast studio Had a little change Of scenery last week We always gotta make Shit work But here we are Back at it Doing it again This is episode 4 Man I can't believe We're here already Like I said 96 more episodes Until 100 Hey And then we gonna Have a big party We gonna have A big celebration So make sure y'all Are uh, ready to keep up With us for this long run We ain't going nowhere every week every day we you're gonna be hearing from us man but also don't forget we're gonna have to keep saying it over and over make sure y'all subscribe on youtube yes yes watch the video go go hit that subscribe button on youtube that's where the video exclusively drops you know go hit spotify go hit apple podcast stitcher tune in iHeartRadio, amazon wherever it is that you listen to your podcast look up siren sports podcast and we are right there Keep up with new episodes. Keep up with the videos. Rico, you want to plug your social medias for the folk? Follow your boy, you know, on Instagram, TikTok, follow the juice, but also follow Siren Sports on TikTok as well. Yes, yes. Siren Sports is everywhere uh, on all social medias at Siren Sports Pod. So just look us up and follow there. I go by the name of Town. I am on Instagram and TikTok is Town5280. Town.5280 on Instagram. And uh, we thank you for rocking with us over here at Cyber Sports. One last time, I'll go by the name of Town. Cross from me is Rico. Yes, sir. Until next week, we'll catch y'all later. Out! Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.